Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 96, Creating Your Underdog Story with Shalomo Solson. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited to have you here. Today, we have the founder of the Teenage Impact Podcast, Shalomo Solson. Welcome. How's it going? Thank you for having me, Tanya and Erica. We are so excited. So, Shalomo, you are an inspirational speaker. You are a podcaster. You do Instagram, all those things. And then you have a book coming out called Never Fight Alone. It's coming out next month. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I would say about four weeks, yes. Okay, that's so exciting. And we just love your mission. It's just helping teens overcome their struggles in their lives and create their own success stories. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we really want to get to your message, your story, and what we're really talking about today is helping others create their own underdog story So tell us a little bit about your story and what has inspired you to help others. For sure. I would say starting from a young age, my my mom raised me for the first five years at home. She was a stay-at-home mom until I went to kindergarten. English was not my first language. Uh, My mom was born in India. Dad was born Pakistan. I was born Jewish. Siblings are from Israel. Backgrounds all over the place, but English wasn't my first language. And I, when I went to, let's see, around second or third grade, I started going to ESOL class, which stands for English Second Language, and I went to speech therapy class. It didn't take long for kids to recognize that I talked differently than the other kids. While I was going to speech therapy class and they put me out of class, to go to speech therapy to talk properly the other kids will also pick on me and people would imitate the way I talked the first 15 seconds, 20 seconds of any presentation. I got laughed at many times and this continued for about 15 years. I always wanted to become an entrepreneur. I just never was sure when I would take that leap. Around 21, 22, about like seven, eight years ago, I was having a hard time knowing what I wanted to do after college. I picked a major that I didn't really like. So I picked up a book called Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And in this book, he talks about how to find your purpose, what you're meant to do on this earth and planet. And as funny as it sounds, I used to watch a lot of Dr. Phil, Oprah, and I always thought to myself, wow, I really want my own talk show one day. I really want to interview other highly successful people. And I wrote down on a piece of paper uh, how to do these different exercises, writing down your strengths, passions, weaknesses. I'm sure a lot of people have done that exercise. And then I decided my mission statement was to inspire other people to overcome struggles in life. And that was about seven years ago. And from seven years ago, I had no idea how I was going to become an inspirational speaker. And since then, everything else is history. 
started to become better at public speaking. That was the first step. So I joined Toastmasters. I started being trained by other professional speakers. And just every year I got a little bit better. I am so inspired by your process and how like the pain and the struggle you went through ended up becoming part of who you wanted to be and like the magic that's inside of you. I kind of want to dive back more into your younger years and Mm -hmm. how you overcame that and got to where you are today. There's a quote that talks about how like your deepest pain ends up being the best part of your story and guides you into the next part of your life. And Mm -hmm. I just really want to dive more into those years and how you got through it, but how that led you to do what you are wanting to do. Like, why did you feel so pulled to those Oprah and Dr. Phil shows? Is there something about the psychology of what you went through that helped you want to, you know, tap into helping other people? For sure. Uh, Back in high school, people labeled me as shy. I didn't really talk as much in front of a group of people. I remember being alone with someone while my friends had to go to the bathroom or somewhere else. I really didn't know how to converse with that one person. It was pretty awkward conversation. But I was really shy and I, I lacked confidence for many years because of it. And I remember applying to colleges. I went to the University of South Florida. I wanted to join a fraternity, not because of the partying, not because of anything else, but solely because I knew joining a fraternity would help me bring me out of my shell, my comfort zone. And I remember people telling me, Shlomo, fraternity life is not for you. I, I can't picture you in a fraternity. But I went ahead and did it anyway. And going back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, watching Oprah and Dr. Phil, I never actually watched an entire episode and never grasped the concept or any of the episodes, but it was just the idea of them being an inspiration for many people. I started gravitating. It wasn't really in high school. I think it was closer towards 18, 19 years old. Now that I look back in my Facebook walls and seeing the memories that I would post statuses, I would always post motivational quotes. And I would just do it just because I just wanted to spread positivity. I didn't realize I wanted to become a motivational speaker until I was 21, 22 years old. But I always wanted to spread light. In my fraternity, I always taught lessons to other people about positivity that's kind of what led me down a motivational speaking path. I love that you were able to tune into the things that you were gravitating to and that really helped you find your purpose. And I think this book that you found that really led you to that, that was a huge part of really finding what it is that really Mm -hmm. made your wheels turn. And I think that your backstory of being bullied and not feeling accepted is kind of your drive to help others too, because you never want people to feel that same way. And I've, I've seen that in some of the episodes that you've done and just helping people from some of their lowest places and pulling them up and letting them know, like your book says, you're never alone. You felt alone and you're wanting to share light so that others don't feel alone. And that is the most 
beautiful goal. I just love that so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I can totally resonate with, you know, people thinking you were shy, but it was probably in turn a lack of confidence because you don't seem shy at all. You're so easy to talk to. <laughs> I remember being at an event. I was, I helped run a startup company about like three years ago and I was at an event and people were like, Shlomo, you're like the life of the party. Mm -hmm. You're such a natural. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a natural. Took a lot of deliberate action and I had to mess up a lot of times in order to get there. Yes, and I believe that that was always within you. But mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we feel like beaten down or we let comments or bullying from others kind of hinder who we naturally are, um, we have to find that person again, you know? And I love that you've been able to just really grasp that human that you are and bring that out again in you. And that's something that I would love to touch on is uh, what are the ways that kids can have resilience to the bullying? How can they maintain who they want to be, who they see themselves as, and not let these comments or these negative interactions that we almost undoubtedly will have growing up. Um, what are some ways that we can really put an end to bullying or just not let it affect us as much? Mm -hmm. Well, I always say this in my speaking engagements. Uh, I, I have the triple P's. The triple P's are the three keys to building resiliency in your life. And the first P is giving yourself power. And one way to give yourself power is by changing your environment. I, I remember my mom used to wake me up at 5.30 in the morning. I used to dread going to school. I used to just fall back asleep, not because I wasn't a morning person, not because I didn't like school. It's because I knew I was going to be the target of the day. But in order to not feel like that, you have to change your environment, who you surround yourself with. If you are in the same environment where you're constantly being picked on, abused, people are constantly putting you down, that's going to slowly decrease your confidence and drain your energy levels throughout the day. And the more times you put up with it every single day, the lower your confidence will be. That's why I had to unlearn a lot of things in my late 20s because of people saying certain things about me in my past. I wouldn't put up with it if I put up with it for many years and that's not, not a way to go about it. Uh, you have three options. The first option is you can actually talk to that person and confront that person in a most respectful manner. You can say, I respect you, I love you, you're my friend, but this is how you're making me feel and I don't like it. If they're truly your friend, then they will change their ways. A lot of times people don't know the way they are treating you and making you feel. Yeah. And a lot of times people are going through their own struggles. And because they're going through their own struggles, they have a lack of the confidence with themselves and they take it out on other individuals without realizing it. That's one option. If they don't change what they're doing, second option is to take your lunch tray and sit somewhere else or avoid running into that person or joining other clubs or organizations. There may be a season of loneliness when you do that. It may be hard 
for you to adapt to a different environment or to adjust to a different friend group. But when you do that, you are taking care of your mental health. You're validating that, hey, I am worthy enough to find people that can treat me a certain way. When I joined college and joined my fraternity, yes, they helped me become more social, but what was really beneficial was I found a core group of maybe four or five people that lifted me up rather than tearing me down. And when you surround yourself with people who lift you up rather than tear you down, you can be yourself. And when you be yourself, that's when your true inner confidence will come out. And the third option you have is talking to a trusted adult. This could be a parent. This could be a friend's parent, a coach, a teacher, a counselor, an aunt, an uncle, whoever it is that is a little bit more educated and has a little bit more life experience that can try to get you out of those situations or minimize it as much as possible. Those are awesome tips. So I love that about your podcast is having those really tangible tips to be able to help because we have another episode on bullying, but we really need these tools because we didn't really discuss some of those tools. So I really appreciate those tools of what we can do to help ourselves out of those situations. So power is the first P. What's the second P? So the first P is give yourself power. Second P is pursue your purpose. We all need meaning in our life, right? And a lot of times when we are younger, some of us don't know what we want to do for the rest of our lives. And others do. Everyone is different. But a story I want to give is when I was younger, I was always considered a perfect student. My parents would keep this booklet of all awards, perfect attendance, student of the month, principal's honor roll, honor roll, I was this idea of success. High school, I was a 5.2 GPA. I was ranked 50 out of 650 students. Extracurricular activities, leadership opportunities. I had a part-time job at the movie theater. And people thought I had a maid. But on the inside, I felt empty. And that's why when I went to college, my grades started to slip. I picked a major I really didn't want to do. I started pursuing the things that other people wanted me to pursue. And it wasn't until I read that book Jack Canesfield's book, Success Principles, I started to pursue my meaning. And it was that last year when I pursued my meaning, everything fell into place. I started getting better grades. My fifth and final year in college was my best GPA in college. I started learning public speaking, sales, marketing, networking. I got a job doing door-to-door sales. I absolutely hated the job. I was working 60 hours a week, and I was assigned an area at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, picking me up at 9, 9.30 at night. And I got cursed out of that. I got threatened. I got the cops called on me. So many different, I have so many lists of stories on things that have happened to me. And you may be asking, Shlomo, why did you do door-to-door sales? Why didn't you get an eight-to-five job? Well, I knew if I wanted to become successful, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You have to take yourself outside of your comfort zone. And ever since then, I quit early. I quit two months in instead of lasting on four months. But I don't regret the experience because it led me down this path. I started a YouTube channel. I started writing a book. I started going to speech competitions. 
I started doing these things I used to be scared of. I quit my full-time job, my salary, to pursue something in a brand new city with no professional connections. And that's what you have to do. You may not know what you want to do for the rest of your life, but you're never too young to find purpose in whatever you are doing. Victor Frankl, Holocaust survivor, says that he who knows his wife or his existence can bear almost any how. And if you're pursuing things that make you happy, like if you like making people laugh, upload YouTube videos. If you like writing, start writing books. If you like giving back, start a nonprofit organization. It's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but the more times you put yourself in these uncomfortable situations, you start to grow a little bit more. And the more you start to grow, the more progress you make. And the more progress you make, the happier, more fulfilled you would be. And then that's your journey of pursuing your purpose. Oh, I totally agree. When we have that fear and that uncomfortable feeling, we're like, oh, retreat, don't do this. That's when you just push and keep going because that's when you're going to find that light and that magic inside of you. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's good. And for me, that's when I've had the most growth. So I totally back up what you're saying. I definitely agree. And you're doing the same thing for this podcast, Becoming Four Teens. You have a job. You have a family. You're probably thinking, you know, how am I going to find the time? Are people going to listen? Or all these things could run through your mind. But you went ahead and went for it anyways. And have been so fulfilled personally. Like, I am overjoyed to do this. I love it. And I hope people are finding benefit. But at the same time, it was worth it for personal growth as well. Okay, give us your third P. Sure. Uh, third P is trust the process. It's my final year, a uh, final semester at the University of South Florida. And, you know, things in my life were actually going good. Good GPA, doing the things that I love, learning the skills. I had purpose, hanging out with my friends, having a good time. And I remember coming back after my first day in door-to-door sales, I came back, my fraternity was having like this gathering. It was kind of like a boys' night, uh, board games, pizza, video games. And then there was this birthday party going on later on. And then my friend, uh, my little brother in the fraternity, Dammy, and a few others were going. And Dammy asked me, hey, Shlomo, do you want to go? And I was just close to going. I said, you know what? I'll pass. I said, okay, uh, you never come out anymore, but you should make it up to me. I said, okay. So I went back home, fell asleep on the couch. Three o'clock in the morning, I wake up. My phone was dead. So I, w- I went to charge my phone. I went to brush my teeth, get ready for bed. And I turned back my phone on. And so I missed text and missed voicemail by someone. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but four of our fraternity brothers, Dami, my little brother, Unki, Jim, Jobin, who I was also very close to, was driving on the highway at 2.30 back from the birthday party when a white SUV was going 120 miles per hour the wrong way, collided with them head on, everyone died on impact. And from then on, I really didn't know how to react. It's my first time I lost someone that close to me. I had to attend four funerals in the span of two weeks in different cities, had to see four families buried in their children. One of the hardest things I ever had to go through. For nine months, I didn't drive on the highway. I didn't know why that happened. And I saw other fraternity brothers in other states 
passed away. I wasn't that close to them, but they died from cancer. They died on vacation. They couldn't wake up. And throughout my entire life, I thought I had my entire life ahead of me. And I thought people only pass away when they are older. People my age are passing away. And I realized life could end at any given moment. Why am I wasting it on worrying about things that I cannot control? There are a few things in life we can control is our mindset and our actions. Our mindset and our actions. We are given certain cards in our life, whether they're positive, whether they are negative things in our life. It's what we do with those cards that we are dealt with that we take action from there. It was the moment, my, me doing door-to-door sales after I quit, I was talking to one of my good friends about the things I was going through. He said, Shlomo, you need to stop wishing for things in your life in order to become happy. You need to decide to be happy right now, no matter what the outcome of life is. We need to stop worrying about whether we're going to accomplish that goal. We need to stop worrying about, you know, when is this bad thing ever going to stop? Maybe your parents are going through a divorce right now. Having this idea that I'm only going to be happy when this is all over. I'm only going to be happy when I accomplish this one goal. I'm only going to be happy when I have more money or when I'm smarter or when I get into this good college. Because that time of happiness will only come at this present moment. You should still have goals. You should still do whatever it takes to accomplish those goals and overcome those struggles in life. Trust that everything in your life has a meaning to it. Oh, so powerful. It's a really heart-wrenching story, but the truth that you found through that is really eye-opening. So thank you so much for sharing about that. So those three Ps were find your power, find your purpose, and trust the process. I think that's so powerful, and we should all remember this in creating our own underdog story. Thank you so much for sharing those ideas. So we're going to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests, which is, if you could tell your teenage self one piece of advice, what would that be? That would be take more risk, approach more people. Or oh, that's kind of two advice, but kind of go hand in hand. Meaning I was always shy. I didn't approach people back then. And I was always scared of judgment. But if I can go back, I would totally change that. And join as many clubs as possible. Try to make as many friends as possible. And pick the friends that really treat me fairly and that really love me for who I am. That's great advice. I love that. Put yourself out there. Make as many friends as possible. And I think I've watched you become that person. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see how your life has progressed. You are a very impressive person. And I've learned a ton from you this episode. So thank you, thank you for letting us interview you. Where's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you? How can our listeners find you? Sure, you can find me at teenageimpact.com. Pretty much everything is there on my blog. You can find my book, which is coming out September 15th. You can also sign up for my free ebook, 52 Tips I Wish Someone Told Me in High School. Basically, all my life lessons I have learned, they can really save you a lot of years if you just implement some of the lessons that I have learned from trial and error. And you also can find my podcast and social media on there. Well, that sounds amazing. I am excited to check it out. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you having me. And 
you know, I hope to be in touch and watch each other's progress. Absolutely. We're rooting for you. Thank you. (laughs) If you're hoping to pick up a fall part-time job, now is the time to start applying. We know a lot of fall sports have been canceled and you might have a little extra time on your hands. We highly recommend Teen Job Prep for help with resume building and for some quick courses of how to nail that first interview. Make sure you use the code BECOMING to get 10% off.